Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. I am Ron Kolick, your host in my woolen hat, because <laughs> February is here and almost gone, but yeah, whatever. And joining me is the Professor Lou Balazzi. And I've already learned something today What's about that? a subject, and yeah, it's just like it's been educational already today. The show is always educational. Yep. You learn shit you didn't want to know. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't know if I didn't want to know it, but I didn't know I needed to. I wanted to know it. You certainly didn't know <laughs> some of this stuff. Yep. As we will get into some things later on that you are unaware of. <laughs> oh, really? So I'm going to learn more. You learn more. Excellent. So anyway, over the weekend, I watched. Uh, um, what's that movie? All Quiet on the Western Front, the one that got all the acclaims from the Oscars and nominations yeah. from Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's a new movie. Yeah. Okay. Not no. the old one. Yeah. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah. Two and a half hours of suckness. And you sat through all of it. <laughs> you know what? It, I don't leave movies. I had I'm a with you. I had a half an hour left, and I was like, "Okay, it's late now." Because ever since uh, my injury, uh, I get really tired early, so uh, I was ready to go to bed. And uh, Jen and I were watching it, and it's like half an hour left, and I was like bored after the first half hour, so we're already two hours into it. So I said. You know, I'm going to bed, and she's okay. And she says, "Let me know what happens." And then I was headed out, and then I, I said, ah, "I might as well see the end of it." So I went back in and I watched it all. Yeah, but it was boring. So um, you're a World War Two. We just, we were talking World War Two before the show. Yeah, you're a World War Two guy too. I'm all World Wars, all war, okay. military. I, I like military. And I'm guessing you like movies. I do about like World movies. War Two. And yeah, this yeah. was World War One. But oh, this I, was World War One. Yeah, it's all quite on the Western oh, Front. Interesting. It's the original one. See, you know, World War One and like the Civil War always turn out kind of dark for me. Those movies always turn out because those were brutal wars. Not that World War Two wasn't. But Civil War was interesting. Wars. Civil War was brutal. I, I find it interesting because it was just oh, like World War Two. There were so many fantastic inventions, although World War One had a shit too. Yeah. So, you know, everything from the, you know, uh, militarizing the submarine to aircraft to yep. you know the machine gun and some other stuff but i don't know the world war one and the civil war seem dark to me and it's like i don't often enjoy watching stuff about them world war two i mean they and and they the old movies that i love midway and those such movies they kind of glorified it to in a bit a bit so well, maybe that's glorified war if, if it's done properly it's going to have a victory for whoever and they're going to be yeah. happy and everything this was this was uh from the german side from world war one and it was about a, a group of kids kids from the academy that went to the war and were all gun ho and everything else of course and yeah oh i went sucked by the way it was probably it was absolutely worse than world war one because of the trench warfare it was just ridiculous yeah but uh it was boring and um almost as boring as dunkirk which got another bunch of claims and dunkirk, i'm talking yeah, about the latest gun yep. gun dunkirk one i didn't watch that either. that was boring as hell as well uh, there was an, another movie done by Dunkirk. It was done excellent. It was a good movie. The original but, Dunkirk, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's probably been many variations. Yep. I mean, there, there are a lot of good um, war movies, if you like war movies, you know. But uh, I didn't like Saving Private Ryan. I mean... I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't know if I disliked it, mm. and I watched it. I feel absolutely no need to see it again, ever, for any reason. Yeah. And it's not the, the first scene at Normandy everyone talks about. And that was it's what you'd oh, expect. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. It's what you'd expect. Right. But there's another scene in the movie with a hand-to-hand -hand combat between two guys that ends up in a death that is just brutal. Yeah, it's yeah. just and it's not brutal like a gory. It's just God. I mean, it's just it's just too start. It's just too real. Too That's stark, what this was. Know? was kind of like into that stuff there. And everything. it's just stupid. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and for me, uh, it's. Yeah. That's not. No, what no, I, that's not what I want to waste my time on. No, I'm sorry. The no, said, well, you know, I watched Anchorman. <laughs> I mean, I like strange. Do you ever see? Uh, uh, 
Uh, not Suicide Squad. Uh, what the hell is the name of that one? Suicide Squad I didn't love. Not Suicide. It wasn't Suicide Squad. It was another one. Are we talking superhero movies now? No, not superhero. Oh. It was. Uh, it was a. It was a visually awesome movie. Visually, uh, it was about a bunch of girls in the same asylum. Oh, oh you back to cult movies? No, no, this isn't a cult movie. This oh. was a, this was a mainstream movie that came out before. It's not Suicide Squad. What the heck is the name of it? Oh, well, I can't think of it. It's driving me nuts, though, now. <laughs> but it was very visually. That's what I like. I like very visual. Uh, I mean, there was a cool Three three Musketeers one where they, they had flying uh, blimps with cannons. They're basically ships that were oh, airships. Really? Yeah. I want a good adventure movie. I want an action movie. I want a comedy. I'm going to give up two hours of my time. I want to be entertained. I, I want a happy ending, you know. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Okay, I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, that's visually stimulating. I want the good guys to win. I want, you know, I know it's predictable and everything, but, I, you know. Plus, they have Nazis in it or whatever. So. And <laughs> They're like the perfect bad guy. Nazis on the moon. That was a good one. You didn't like it, but I love that show. <laughs> anyway, we are really digressing. Uh, yeah. We we do have some things to talk about today. Uh, first thing I do want to mention is I did get to see the Starlink satellites. Did you see those? I didn't. I, and I just missed them, too, because I was outside and my neighbors were talking about it because they were watching them. Mm -hmm. and, and I got into a position where I could possibly see them just a little too late. But I've seen them before, but I didn't see this. Particular the the whole series of them yeah. close together? Not really close together, no, but about this was what the cool part close about together, them. yeah, yeah, because they were they were virtually like right in a line. You, you oh, yeah. saw them, they were like all lights in the sky, it was like a snake going nice. across the sky. It was so cool. And I've the, seen them about seven, eight seconds apart when they go, across, yeah, but the, yeah. The, this yeah. was like all in line, absolutely clear. Oh, it we went by my house, maybe it looked somewhere else. But, oh, that must have been great. So, the yeah. coolest thing, of course, I liked about the whole thing is, is that you actually knew when they were coming, which was pretty freaking off, yeah. You know, the news came on and they said they're going to come down from like, what was like 6.30 to 6.38 or something, depending where you were in the hemisphere. Why were they close together? Was this a newly launched set? Yes, newly yeah. launched because yeah. they're lower, lower atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, as they go up, they, they spread out. Right. The, yeah. So it was it was a cool thing. Uh, today's launch was postponed with like three minutes left. Or oh, whatever. They, there's another Starlink launch? No, there was a a uh, SpaceX rocket going oh. to the International Space Station oh. with four of our scientists, two from Massachusetts. Is uh, the leaky boat up there? <laughs> is that the one that's leaking, or is it the rest? I don't know. Everything. Yeah, but the in, the interesting thing about that is you you know our, how we and the Russians are getting along right now. <laughs> Not very good. Not very good. But one of the astronauts was a Russian astronaut going up, so it's like. Yeah. On our on our spaceship, yeah. going to they've given notice, right? station. Huh? They've given notice they're going to be out of the. Yeah, they're withdrawing yeah. from yeah. all the yeah, international. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. By the way, have you seen? Because we, we started talking some tra television. Yep. Have yep. you watched For All Mankind? No. You have to watch it. You will love it. Why? Space program, about an alternate history of the space program. Yeah. If the Russians had got there first, and and if the the moon had been militarized a little bit, it's. It's a great series. It's just... so it's like Space Force, <laughs> but in <laughs> but in an Apollo program level technology. Okay. So no, it's really good. I I think you'd enjoy the hell out of yeah. it. Uh, James watched a couple of them about the uh, the colored uh, female. Yeah. Computer yeah. woman. That was a great freaking, movie. Yeah, Love that amazing. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's watched it a couple of times, so I've seen it. That's a great uh, movie. Yeah. But anyway. All right, so we, we do have some things to talk about. Last Wednesday, of course, was Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then Fat Tuesday. So, Which I didn't know was related. This is what I'm learning. Yes. I didn't know those are two linked things. So what we I wanted to talk about is, is a lot of people, we mention these things. You know, like, you know, what's Fat thing? Oh, that's when Catholics go get ashes on their forehead. And then uh, what's Fat Tuesday? Oh, that's when they have the big Mardi Gras in New York. So we really don't know about them. We just know yeah. what they are yeah. basically right yeah so i thought we'd at least uh get into that and uh let people know what so you 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 want to start with the uh um from spanish dot academy in the program of uh, the uh title of this particular article is the history and significance of ash wednesday in latin america but it's the same for everybody uh as many other traditions of christianity the origins of ash wednesday can be traced back did you say ash wednesday ash wednesday ash wednesday <laughs> 
You set me up. <laughs> you, this whole thing was a setup, wasn't it? The tradition, the origins of Ash Wednesday can be traced back that's to ancient graph. Rome. Oh, wait a minute, that's, that's, the, the, that's the other that's end. Tuesday. <laughs> the, there, in ancient Rome, sinners and penitents dressed in sackcloth and were sprinkled with ashes to start their period of public penance on the first day of Did you Lent. Say period. Hmm? <laughs> what? Nothing. The practice was later institutionalized by Pope Urban II, who in 1091 decreed that on Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, everyone, clergy, laity, you familiar with that word, L-A-I-T-Y? Yeah, it said something. It's pronounced somewhere something else. Clerk and laity? Laity. 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 There you go. Men and women will receive ashes. Laity, laity is like non Non-priest. Yeah. Non-priest. You know, like somebody who gives out communion and stuff, that, but they're not deacons or priests. Yeah, okay. So they're part of the church, but they're not yeah, clergy. Yeah, yeah. Right. We'll receive ashes because everybody's a sinner, right? We all have to repent, yeah. right? Since then, it has been a day of obligatory fasting and abstinence for Catholics. Some Protestant denominations also observe Ash Wednesday, but significantly, the Orthodox faith does not celebrate it. Hmm. That's interesting. My son's big into Orthodox. No, he's Orthodox, Orthodox Christian, Orthodox. Yeah, uh, Greek Orthodox. Greek he's Orthodox. Like big okay. He's going went to a Christian, and he's like knows a lot of. Sh My son like knows far more than I do. What are the basic differences between? I don't want to what... get into it. He, I'm not even going to go because that's not my forte. Oh, okay, I just <laughs> was looking for a primer. I wasn't. I know there's no primer there. Okay, it's just a useless fact. <laughs> okay, all right. Because I I'm, I was just raised Catholic. That's all I basically know. Yeah, I mean, they're similar to it, but yeah. there are differences. Okay. Like the christening was two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> that bugged you, didn't it? Two and a half. I didn't go. So <laughs> You didn't prepare with a pregame meal, did you? I didn't go. Yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> oh, you didn't go? Yeah. Pre-meal pre drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really what you need. Do they work in Latin? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Probably don't Greek know. if I if it's Greek. Greek, ask. okay. Fair but enough. whatever. I'm just curious. I know. I don't know that much about it. Okay. My son went, not me. All right, fine. Did he go because of his wife? His friend, no. Oh, his friend. Okay. His friend, son, uh, oh, child got Christian. It's so we went. Oh, okay. I thought you meant he practiced. He was normal. no, 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 oh, okay. no, no. He knows a lot about it. He's very okay. much knows his stuff. So, I had to, I had to correct him about some Catholic stuff, of course, but well, it yeah. was good. Well, because he was raised fairly Catholic, so I was wondering why yeah. he converted. So, but he did. He a just kid. went to a you know, you're a kid. You you change usually. I just announced. I didn't change. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we well, changed to agnostic or whatever. Wait, whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's a thing you know i mean it's a, a normal thing it's what we have and we have free will so you yeah. know just because we're uh which makes this country great by the way which this me too and and uh, all this other Careful. yeah this other uh, woke stuff and everything it just like screws you up because they don't want independent thinking which is right the, what builds this stupid country but anyway it allows these people to do it to irritate the crap out of us. I know. <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs> the concept of being able to help hold duality, mm -hmm. that there are more, there's more than one perspective about life. They don't know. No, it's, they don't. No. Carry on. <laughs> you want to move on to Ash Wednesday? Sure. We all done with, I thought we all done with Ash Wednesday. I thought that was Ash Wednesday. No, that was um, Ash Wednesday. That was Ash Wednesday. We want to go on to uh, Fat Tuesday? Of course. In the interesting facts in this article, interesting facts about Ash Wednesday, it says the day before Ash Wednesday, people used to eat a lot more than usual for two possible reasons. Ooh. One, to Big enjoy fact. a final binge before the 40 days of fasting that started on the following day. That's Ash right, because Lent, Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, right. by the way. We didn't mention that. And it goes for 40 days, so that's... Okay. But do you fast on Lent, or do you... Yes. My impression has always been you give up something. That's fasting. No, there's, but I mean, you're not fasting is giving up everything, not eating. Well, you can, yeah, but this, whatever. There's, there's actually three, three uh, tenets of of uh, Lent. Mm -hmm. One is fasting. Number two is um, uh, arms. So you're supposed to give charity. Okay. Okay. And the, the third one is um, prayer, I believe. Uh, 
Now I'm confusing yep. crap out of me. I wasn't prepared for that. Is this part of your penance? No, it's because no. of the whole 40-day thing. Because Christ went into the desert for 40 days. The devil tempted him for, with all kinds of stuff. And that's what it is. You know, okay. why you fast is because you um, you give up stuff. It's because you, you're, these are things that... You sacrifice. Yeah, you sacrifice. You, you mean, they mean something to you. In other words, you know, like his was food, power, and uh, I forget what the third one was. But yeah. she, course it's morning monday morning all right, give me a break. <laughs> all right and the second possible reason that people used to eat a lot of more more than usual on the day before ash wednesday was to empty the house of all those foods that people couldn't eat during lent not only beef and pork but also milk eggs sweets and desserts bam because of this tradition the day is often called fat tuesday or mardi gras in french i did not know the two were linked i did not mardi gras did not know mardi gras was fat tuesday in french mm-hmm. i don't know uh, the Since the Middle Ages, the Ash Wednesday tradition has been institutionalized by the Roman Catholic Church. Proof of this can be found in the 12th century Missal, which is basically a book about Christianity's rituals that includes in its pages the words that priests should pronounce while putting the ashes on the foreheads of the people. Remember, man, that you remember, man, mm -hmm. okay, that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Yeah. Ashes, ashes, dust to dust. Yeah. Ashes, a symbol of the dust, and the message resonates throughout Christianity. As this phrase reminds Christians of the words that God himself said to Adam and Eve before expelling them from paradise, it's also a reminder of one's own mortality, that, which is uh, more than enough to send people into a state of reflection and humility. This is interesting. It says that Mardi Gras technically refers to Fat Tuesday. The Mardi Gras season begins the epiphany. You know what the epiphany is? No. It's a Christian holiday celebrated on January 6th, also known as the Feast of the Three Kings. That's when the three wise men supposedly went to the thing. We do that blessing on the house where we write over the door and all that stuff. January 6th? Yeah, January 6th. Interesting date, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> or the 12th day of Christmas. 12th day of Christmas. Okay. So, In Brazil and many other countries, the period between Epiphany and Fat Tuesday is known as Carnival. Carnival. Okay, yep. Uh, whenever wow. I didn't know this was all based on that. Yeah, see, this is it's all religious. We celebrate a lot in religion. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what's paganism or anything, there's always celebration. <laughs> uh, whenever any of you for it, so that's when it lasts. Uh, reveries of Mardi Gras last until midnight. Uh, the night Ash Wednesday ushers in forty days of Lent. So there you go. Hmm. They go on here the Sunday before. Uh, one of the most surprising things you learn about Ash Wednesday is that it's eco-friendly. It's an eco-friendly celebration. Really? The Sunday before Easter is Palm Sunday uh, because the churches give palm fronds to their parishioners. These palms represent those used by the people of Jerusalem to welcome Jesus to their city. Mm -hmm. However, that's not the only use of the palms as people keep them for 11 months before taking them back to the church where they're burned to make the ashes yeah, thing, yeah. on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. You're supposed to keep those palms for 12 months? Yeah, you stick them on your cross. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's, some people do really, I mean, I, I worked with this girl from uh, Macy's and she did really cool things with them. She would take them and she would weave them into all kinds of little things and you put them, they, they do a, the most ordinary one is the cro uh, cross, you make a palm cross. Uh, others though, you, you stick them in between, between the, uh, the cross. Mm -hmm. So anyway. And I was raised Catholic. Didn't know any of that. Yeah. Well, it, each there is variations of everything. You know, it's yeah. how you were raised. Like I never knew about the uh, the feast of the three kings, and in that they had a, an actual blessing to protect your house for the year, which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I've actually used in ghost hunting too, so it's good. I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. 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 So it it just brings me back to as if the whole thing had been presented differently. I might not have. <laughs> I might not have fought against it so hard. It is what it is. I know, I know. It is changing. We know that. Like everything else in this world, it evolves, it changes. Sometimes people don't have enough patience for it, but it is what it is. Did you know the first Mardi Gras was, was not in New Orleans? No, where was it? Mardi Gras is believed to arrived in North America on March 3rd, not too far away, when French-Canadian explorer Pierre Lemont 
oh boy, Mondeville camped 60 miles downriver from the future site of New Orleans. Knowing it was Fat Tuesday back in France, Iberel uh, named the point, uh, named the spot Point du Mardi Gras oh. and held a small gala. A few years later, French soldiers and settled, settlers uh, feasted and wore masks as part of the Mardi Gras festival in their newly found city of Mobile, uh, which is in Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, to this day, Mobile claims to have the oldest Mardi Gras celebration in the United States. Very nice. Knowing all kinds of new shit today, huh? Yeah. It's a redneck celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. So, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I'm out, and I, I found the article you're working from. So, you just go ahead. Oh, yeah. If you got it, you just take a piece of it. Okay. Whatever you want, you want. Um, Mardi Gras may or may not have had pagan roots. A yeah, popular... I skipped... Okay. I skipped that one. I know. <laughs> I know, but I went back because it's interesting. I didn't find it. <laughs> Why did you skip it? And it was a real revelation at the time, I thought. Popular theory holds that Mardi Gras' origins lie in the ancient pagan celebrations of spring and fertility, such as Saturnalia. In Lupercalia, some experts contend, however, that the Mardi Gras-type festivities popped up solely as a result of the Catholic Church's discouragement of sex and meat during Lent. Church reformers may have helped to pro propagate the pagan rumors, these experts say, in hopes of dissuading the pre-Lenten hedonism. Okay. All right. Whatever. Is that it? Yep. Okay. Uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans survived efforts of suppression. Mardi Gras got going in New Orleans soon after the city's founding in 1718. The Spanish who ruled the Big Easy from 1762 to 1800 apparently cracked down on certain Mardi Gras rituals, though documentation from this period is scarce. U.S. authorities did much the same after taking control in 1803, uh, banning both mask balls and public disguises. Should have done that during uh, COVID. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> They eventually accepted the festival's existence. The first recorded Mardi Gras street parade in New Orleans took place in 1837. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> By which the city had transformed from a small backwater into a major metropolis. Whatever. 26, 26 years later, six men organized a secret society called Mystic Q of Cosmos. Ooh by holding a parade with the theme of demon actors in Milton's Paradise Lost, along with lavish, lavish grand balls, Cosmos reversed the declining popularity of Mardi Gras and helped establish New Orleans as a clear epicenter in the United States. This year, more than a million people visited. So there you go. Why isn't there, why is this a French thing? I mean, you would think that there are a lot of Catholic centers here in the United States. You'd think there'd be a Fat Tuesday type of situation in most Catholic centers. I think that's got to do with the, oh, you mean Mardi Gras? I mean, I understand why Mardi Gras is limited to like New Orleans in the South, because that's where the French. Spanish. Spanish, French. And French. Yep. Okay. But up here in the Northeast, for example, there are many Catholic centers, New York and Boston yes. are Catholic centers. Yes. Do we have a... But... Fat Tuesday. We are, we're primarily settled by the English who were evangeling. Oh, yeah. So. And Puritans. Yeah. The they had no fun. They tried to be in Christmas. That had no fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> and no fun at all. No dancing. No. <laughs> Speaking of no fun at all, since Comus ushered in the modern era of the Mardi Gras in 1857, the New Orleans festivities have been canceled about a dozen times. Most of those cancellations came during the Civil War. Fair enough. World War One and World War Two, though revelers often also strayed home, stayed home during the 1870s for a yellow fever outbreak. Their COVID, a scaled-down version, even took place in 2006, just months after Hurricane Katrina flooded the Gulf Coast and killed over 1,800 people. Many in-person celebrations and parades in New Orleans in 2021 were canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh huh. In 1872, crew of wrecks of the night and the nights of Momus began paying for parades and balls on their own. They were followed uh, a decade later by the crew of Prothesis. Proteus. Prothesis. Okay. Whatever. Since early, uh, since these early societies were exclusively male, 
and white, women and black residents formed their own groups, such as Las Miserias <laughs> and Zulu Social Aid and the Pleasure Club. <laughs> oh, that would crack me yeah, up. Good luck, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I belong to the Pleasure Club. <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't come near me. <laughs> How do you like that one? I'm just guessing. Now, would this make me racist if I believed that Zulu social aid <laughs> would be would be the black one? It gets better. Dozens of crews and all types of uh, of all types have proliferated since then, including the science fiction themed intergalactic galactic crew of Chewbacca, <laughs> whose name is a hybrid of the Star Wars character and the Roman god of wine. Nice. Despite being less than three years old, this crew convinced Peter Mayhew, the actor who played Chewbacca in the movies, to ride in its parade last month uh, atop the Millennium Falcon float alongside the mascot called Bard 2 d 2 I like these people. Yeah. Some uh, racial uh, crews. I wonder if I get the name crew. This is my crew, you know. Cruise with a K because people can't see it. Yeah, that's true. E-W-E-S. Yeah, but I want, you wonder if that's where we get that from crew. Hanging out with the crew. Hanging out with the crew. Yeah, whatever. Racial exclusion has not been limited to the distant past. In 1992, in an acrimonious, acrimonious. Yeah, debate, in the New York City Council passed an ordinance that prohibits crews from discriminating on the basis of race, religion, sexual orientation, or national origin. Rex uh, pledged immediately to integrate, but Comus Momus and Prothetius <laughs> chose to stop parading rather than open their ranks to black people. Assholes. Fine. Yeah, we can do without them. Comosis uh, did, uh, has not yet returned to the streets. Momus spun off onto the Knights of Chaos. <laughs> Prothetius came back in 2000 after signing a non-discrimination pledge. So what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. These people sat here and had a meeting and said, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. It's crazy. It is. It's absolutely stupid. The whole thing is stupid. You know, it's just. It, we, we, it's part of our own fault in, in trying to distinguish ourselves all the time. It's like, you know, we we, we try to like the Black History Month or anything. It, we should be more integrated where people are people rather than what their nationality is, their race is, uh, or whatever, uh, their sex uh, thing. It, it's, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know. It just drives me nuts. Yep. It's just handled, it's handled the exact opposite way it should be handled. Yeah. And all it does is create more friction. Yep. You know, more chaos. I don't know. Whatever. Well, during the Ferguson riots and all that, they started segregating college dorms. It's like, that's kind of a, Going against the point, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You got to grab a number eight. That's right up your alley. Uh, the New Orleans hosted both the Super Bowl and Mardi Gras in February of 2013, a potentially overwhelming combination that com some called Super Gras. <laughs> in an effort at crowd control, the city expanded its 12-day parade season, uh, expanded its 12-day parade season so no one would be marching on February 3rd when the San Francisco 49ers bat battled the Baltimore Ravens. January 28th to 31st and February 4th to 5th, likewise, were kept free of parades. In a similar attempt to prevent mayhem, official parades had been banned from the narrow tourist-filled streets of the city's French quarters since the 1970s. Mm. I mean, that, that's going to be quite the thing going on down there. That's been nuts. You know, the one, the coolest thing I, I, I did love was when uh, um, the Saints won the Super Bowl after Katrina. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yep. Anyway, King Cakes. What the hell is a king cake? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Available only during the Mardi Gras season. King cake is typically made from brioche dough. Nice. Braided and laced with cinnamon. The dough is then glazed with a purple, green, and gold sugar or covered with icing in those same Mardi Gras colors. What really sets the king oh, cake God. apart from other desserts, however, is a small plastic baby hidden inside oh i have this actually i know this this goes back to the english actually doesn't whoever finds the baby in his or her slice must buy the next cake or perhaps host the next body okay so what do the english do they, just they have they bake a little a baby yeah bake a cake. like a plastic baby or wood baby yeah, or, or a ceramic or a ceramic baby yeah. 
Interesting. I have one. Steve brought me one. Uh, we did. He came over one year. We did the cabinet of curiosities, and uh, that was one of the curiosities. And what happens when you find the baby in the English version? I can't remember offhand. Okay. You're asking me to pull details out of this little brain of mine. Sounds like a suit waiting to happen. A lawsuit waiting. <laughs> now to it does, but anyway. <laughs> but today's a special day too. I didn't know if you were aware of. No. Yeah. Other than being the next Ghost Chronicles. Yeah, and of course that's always special. Mm -hmm. um, I think so. Okay. Anyways, on this day, there's actually a lot going on these days. You know. Always a lot going on. Yeah. There's there's a lot of festivals besides Mardi Gras. Okay. I don't know if you're aware of that. No. For instance, I'm missing out on a bunch of festivals. Yeah, you are. You are. Uh, you know, this is interesting. So uh, this actually has. I'll, we'll hit this one for us. That's actually Pancake Day is a pretty pretty interesting day. Pancake Day? Yes. I had pancakes yesterday. See, and only in England. In the UK, no, no, that was yesterday. Pancake day, pan, 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 pancake day, yes, which is uh, Fat Tuesday. Here we go, another variation at 11 55 a.m. on Shrove Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, aka Pancake Day, aka Fat Tuesday. The local ladies assemble, uh, dressed in traditional housewife attire, including skirts aprons and scarves and run 415 miles through the streets Good of Lord. Oligar for oh, 415 yards. <laughs> okay. Better. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was never allowed to read. <laughs> uh, run 415 yards through the streets of Owen carrying pancakes and frying pans. <laughs> okay. The pancakes are tossed at the start of the race and the winner must toss her pancake again at the finish. The race has been an only you know tradition since 1445. All right, where is this again? Uh O L N E Y U K. I need to go. I need uh, to see this. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's gotta be it's gotta be footage. In 1945 at five. Oh, wait a minute, since since 1445. In uh, 1950, the competition expanded to include friendly flapjack rivalry, which housewives and young women of liberal Kansas, uh, which compete with the women of Kansas, the ladies of liberal won the race the past year in a record 57.5 seconds. So they, they competed against the flapjack girls from uh, liberal Kansas. Okay. What, what's where? Oh. O-L-N-E-Y. What was it called? That was called the Shrove. Shrove Tuesday. O-L-N-E-Y. O-L-N-E-Y. England, UK. Got it? Working on it. All right. You want me to do another one while you're doing that? Yep. Oh, you got it. Okay. So this is also uh, the end of January is the uh, annual Humor Lettuce Day. Humor lettuce? Humor. Humor. Yeah, okay. Y-U-M-A. Humor is known as the winter lettuce capital of the world. Bet you didn't know that. No. Sounds silly, yet humor produces $1.5 billion worth of uh, uh, Arizona's agricultural revenue to lettuce. Wow. And provides 90% of North America's winter vegetables. The appropriate uh, respect for the lettuce, uh, it's appropriate for, to respect the lettuce. Among the, the highlights of this veggie fair are lettuce sculptures, cabbage bowling, homegrown cooking contests, and the world's largest salad. Okay. There you go. For all you non, before you vegetarians, I guess. <laughs> Got anything on only no? Yeah, I'm just trying to get to the good part here. Okay. Got a four minute video. Oh, God bless us. Anyway. Got to get to the race. There we go. Oh, these are the kids. Okay. There's a kids division, apparently. Okay. So you want me to go on? Yep. Okay. How about the candy throwing fight? <laughs> the Carnival of Villanova. I la gento. 
originally uh, to protest Franco's, this is from Spain, by the way, uh, Villanova Spring, Villanova Spring, uh, originally uh, to protest Franco's, who was the dictator of Spain, uh, Carnival prohibitation, the annual festival is far the sweetest food fight in the world. Celebrants begin on Fat Tuesday with uh, meringue wars, where bakeries open their stores and pass out free pies as ammunition to children. The adults dress in colors of uh, respective carnival societies and attend parties with masks before joining the children in the streets in what become a sweet, sweet tooth free for all. Over 200,000 pounds of food ranging from pies to candy to cereal have been donated to the food fight. A dentist nightmare. The <laughs> festival officially ends with the ceremonial burial of a sardine to mark the beginning of Lent and fast. Want to see the race? Yes, please do. Yes. Let me see if I can get this to fit the screen a little bit better. <laughs> so this is the pancake race. Yeah, we've already seen. Oh, it's going to start in a second. I've already seen the kids division. Here are the women running. Oh, are these the men? This looks like men. Where's their frying pants? They got them in their hands. How can they flip? But there's the, no pancake in there. How can they flip the pancake? That's a woman. That's a woman, yeah. There's no pancake in there. Yeah, she goes. She flipped it. Yep. There they go. They all flipped it. Isn't that just amazing? That's something I would go across the world to see, wouldn't you? Well, no, I pictured it a little bit better than it's showing up. <laughs> to be honest with you. You wouldn't fly to England to see this amazing event. <laughs> no. No. There's the winner. God bless, her. God bless her. Yeah, that was well worth seeing. Yeah, there's the highlights of the festival here. Oh, there's more. So everyone having a good time. Yeah. As the English like to do. Ooh, some audio going on there. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Why are men doing this? Oh, they're serving the women. Or girls. Okay. Whatever. Yep. We're done. Yep. I just gotta get <laughs> so you can get the hell out of there, right? I'm gonna try. Okay. All right. So uh here's another festival, food festival that you didn't know about. Uh Noche de Rem Rambanus. Night of the Radish. Really? Yep. This comes from Mexico. It occurs in December twenty-third and twenty-fourth. This food festival where eating is discouraged, this festival originated what? discouraged. It's a food festival and they're discouraging yes. eating. The festival originated in the 16th century when the Spanish monks brought the radish to new colonies. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, to gain the attention of the food and markets, sellers would carve the edible fruits into eye-catching sculptures. This tradition continues throughout the centuries and became official festival in 1987. Radishes are as big as, wow, this I did not know. Radishes as big as two feet long wow. and, and weighing up to 10 pounds. Wow. Are carved into intricate religious and cultural scenes. The artisans compare three different categories for, oh, compete in three different categories to win cash prizes. That's a big ass radish. Yep. Wow. Next thing you know, they'll be carving pumpkins to look like things. <laughs> originally, it was turnips. You know that? Oh, no, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, uh, originally at Halloween? Yeah. Oh, originally, yeah. it was turnips. It came from Ireland or Scotland or whatever. So, want another one? Sure. Why not, right? I've got festivals in March here. Do you? That are coming up. What yeah. do you got? Uh, the Stockberzitz Festival in Germany. Yeah, what is that? Love Oktoberfest, but can't wait until autumn. Check out Munich's Germany's Starbirkets. Proceeds, strong beer festival in March each year to tide you over. The 21-day festival recalls centuries ago when residents depended on strong beers to help them make it through the weeks of fasting during Lent. I thought you'd give up your beer, right? You get a sacrifice. You can, you? but it doesn't have to be beer. Local breweries uh, serve up beers with alcohol content of at least 7.5%. Events occur all over Munich in breweries, beer halls, restaurants. Um and notice, and notably, three breweries whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce. <clears throat> oh, I was I was telling you about that woman comedian I watched, right? The what? Woman comedian. 
Yes. Yeah, she went to this place in, I think it was Kentucky or Tennessee. And uh, she was going to a, a house party. So she stopped in the supermarket to get a, a couple of bottles of wine. And she brought them to the uh, counter. And the woman said, uh, uh, uh. She says, no wine on Sunday. It was a Sunday. So she got kind you can of. can buy other alcohol, but you can't buy yes. wine. She says, oh, she said, oh. She came up. She says, uh-oh, not for sale. And she said, why not? Because it's Sunday. She says, you got a whole aisle of them. And she says, yeah, well, it's Sunday. You, you can't. So she said, so the comedian says, well, get me wrong. Didn't Christ turn the water into wine? Oh, but you could buy beer. Yeah. But I don't remember anything in the Bible about him turning water into beer. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was Kentucky, right? Yeah, probably. So I bet there was bourbon down there you could buy on yeah, Sunday, probably. too. <laughs> Iceland's Food and Fun Festival, March 4th through 8th, brings chefs from Iceland. Would you like to try? I would love to travel to Iceland. I would. I don't know why, but I'm kind of fascinated by Iceland. I want to see the Northern Lights. That's uh, Jim went. Yeah. What did you think? He liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he likes everything. You see the Northern Lights? I have no That's idea. a bucket list thing for see me. See lots of things there. Yeah. Iceland's Food and Fun Festival brings chefs from Iceland, mainland Europe, and the Americas together for a one-week competition. Chefs work with local restaurants to whip up gourmet cuisine at affordable prices. The festival is not sprawled out in the streets of Reykjavik like other food festivals. Instead, all events, tastings, and demonstrations occur in established or pop-up restaurants around town. You'll find cutting-edge culinary experiments, unusual and unique wines and spirits, and locally sourced ingredients. Um, at the same time, the Food and Fun Festival showcases Iceland's stunning landscape and year-round outdoor adventures. Oh, excellent. Hey, I think we're going to do a road trip. Oh, <laughs> Where are we going? Late September. We're going to Marylandton. West Virginia. Okay. Sounds like an sounds like a blast. Yep. Roadkill cook-off. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm definitely in. <laughs> Nobody panic. None of the entries uh in this harvest festival competition has uh any tire marks on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, yeah. Okay, we understand. Uh, the competition utilizes wild games such as raccoon, possum, and deer. Basically, uh, Bambi's friends that could be potential roadkill. And uh, what makes it better? Oh, no. Notable uh, past wild game entries include spicy vice and buffalo, uh, sausage stew, pulled Bambi <laughs> oh, <okay>. tofu, <laughs> And under sabu and uh, biscuits uh, and squirrel gravy. We should go there. Squirrel gravy? Squirrel gravy. <laughs> I want to. My brother killed a squirrel one time. We went hunting for him. And he actually cooked it. I don't remember because I was like little then. Did you eat it? No, I was like little. Like so, first grade. Was little. a roadkill cook-off, by the way. There you go. With a possum and a turkey vulture. Go. We should go. I definitely want to go. Yeah, I just don't want to know what it is before I eat. What's the most exotic thing you've ever eaten? Oh, uh, I think we talked about this. I don't, I yeah. don't uh, you know, calamari, of course, but uh, buffalo. Um, Bison. Uh, horse meat. You've had horse meat? Yeah. Hamburg. In Hamburg? Yeah. What did you think? It's chewy. It was chewy? Yeah. I don't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. It was back hundreds of centuries ago. I've had alligator sausage. Oh, that's different. How I've was had, it? I've had elk. Alligator sausage just tastes like sausage, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's sausage. You know, you can yeah. put anything in there. Yeah. I uh, had elk. Oh. I've had bison, too. Mm. That's about it. I'm not terribly adventurous, but... Uh, well, maybe this is the place you should go. I've had venison. Maybe this is where you should go to be adventurous. Okay. Clinton, Montana. All right. In early August. So oh, we I have, want to we, go to Montana. We, we so have yeah. time to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are several imitations, but uh, this is the original ball fest. Usually known as a uh, classy name is the Rocky Mountain Oyster Festival. Oh, no. I'm out. <laughs> the annual testicle festival. <laughs> <laughs> the testicle is, festival. <laughs> is dedicated to serving deep fried bulls balls. I need to go just to buy a T-shirt. Uh, I just want a T-shirt from the Testicle Festival. Yeah, you, you can have your choice of plain, deep-fried, beer-battered, or marinated, as well as some newly concocted delectables. All right. Stop there. <laughs> Which way do you want your testicles? <laughs> do we want them deep-fried? Do we want them 
I'd, I'd go with the uh, beer battered if I had to eat them. Beer battered? Yeah. That's going to be fried, right? Everything's better than beer battered. Everything's good fried. Yeah, beer battered is better, though. Is that, that's not fried? Beer battered's got the, the thing on it. Fried is just fried. Okay. You don't have a, you don't have a batter on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you do fry the beer batter, right? Well, you deep fry it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay, you got me. Uh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm yeah. in for the beer batter. Beer batter is good. I like beer batter a lot. I get my shrimp. I get a beer batter. I like it. I can't. I could. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. If you had to, you would. I mean, if, yeah. If I'm starving, yeah, probably. But you know. <sighs> so there you go. No. Anyways, uh, for indecisis, five dollars can provide. So you... are they bite size? Well, for five dollars, you can get a sample plate. <laughs> if you're not sure what testicles you like, do you have to slice up the testicle, or can you just pop one in your mouth and be done? I don't know. One highlight of the festival is the bullshit bingo. <laughs> okay, that I could be in for with the grand prize of a hundred dollars. Oh, well, they do this and they do this in North Andover with the sheep, don't they? Yes, they do. Where they mark off the field. Yes, and, they do. Yeah, you can buy a square. The grand prize of $100. The lucky person who can correctly predict where the car will do its uh, duty <laughs> can win the 100 bucks. The model of this dignified event is <laughs> I had a ball at the Testico Festival. <laughs> I had a ball. <laughs> we got to get t shirts. <laughs> it's got to be, be t shirts. We have got to get t shirts oh, for that. God. Oh, God. Who the hell thought of that? That's what I want to know. Because if you got to cut the testicle before you eat it, I don't know if I could get involved with that. If if you got a beer battered testicle and you just pop it in your mouth, I don't know if I would do that. What? Cut it? Yeah. No, that's my point. That would be tough. If it's beer battered and you got one and just pop it in your mouth, maybe. I mean peas. I mean beans and peas. I usually eat whole. I know, but how big are they? I mean, they're, they're yeah, they're little, but. I mean, I got a grand no, canyon no, from I mean all so. testicles. I don't know. Have I been there? No. <laughs> we should get somebody on the show. Oh, yes. You think that we could find someone who would go to. Yeah. No, we need someone from the organization. I had a laugh in Montana. That's that's a big state. I love that. They had the senators from Montana. Remember when the Chinese thing was going over the country? Oh, they got one in Wisconsin, too, apparently. Oh, do you remember when the uh, the Chinese. Spy balloon was going over the country. Yes. One of the senators from uh, Montana says, Get a shit at that when it came over our border. What are they going to do? Kill a prairie dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Missoula, Montana. There's one in Missoula, Montana. Yeah, it must be big in Montana. Yeah. Rocky Mountain Oyster Festivals. Well, we'll have uh, to... Clinton, Montana. The... Yeah, it's Clinton. This is where this is. Early August. Anyway. But wait, there's more. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Waikiki Spam Jam. Oh, I like Spam. Do you like Spam? Uh, no opinion. Grill up a slice of Spam, put it in a hot dog bun. I mean, I'm hamburger I know bun. Steve's kids love it. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, Steve Passon, I'm talking about. Yep. No, uh, no. In the UK. So, uh, I mean, I've had it before many times. Uh, I don't, like, no opinion on it. I'm all in on Spam. I'll eat Spam. Okay, the Waikiki Spam Jam. It's uh, in Waikiki. Slice of a grilled slice of spam, a grilled slice of pineapple on top of there on a Hamburg bun. You're good to go, man. Interesting. Yep. Uh, eat liver and onions? I have. Not mm -hmm. in a hundred years, though. Yeah, we used to have them when we were kids. I yeah. hated liver, but for some of the onions, it made it palatable for some reason. Yeah, but you would have liked it. it. That's one of those things that you would have liked if you didn't know what it was. I don't know. It has it's a thought liver, of liver. Liver's got a it's, funny texture. It's got to a it. funny texture to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, an area with scarce meat supplies during World War II, this Alcapelico, Alcapelico, ah, screw you, uh, <laughs> embraced the blue canned pink meat and now is Spam's most loyal market. I didn't even know that. Hawaii's Spam's most loyal market. During the street festival, Hula dances perform well. Judges crown Mr. and Miss Spam. Uh, sure, why not? And the top chefs create new recipes celebrating the gelatinous meat product. Pedestrians can get a sample of everything from Spam burgers to Spam musabi 
Okay. Uh, this festival uh, features, uh, oh, benefits the Hawaiian Food Bank and is the largest nonprofit uh, that feeds uh, the needy in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Spam. I haven't had spam in years. Maybe I'll get a can of it for giggles. I'll do it in the I usually go through a can in the summer. Like I said, really? I like to grill it. Mm. It's like canned ham. I used to always buy canned ham. And then I, I should buy do it because it would just disgust Janet. I should do oh, it yeah. in a daughter yeah. just, just for that. Yeah. And that's you got to open a can and see that syrup. That's the oh, yeah, the gel. The gel. It's good. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the UK. I don't have a testicle festival a bit. No, they have the World Pea Shooting Contest. All right. <laughs> uh, in July. This is loosely called the food festival since the food isn't celebrated, but rather it is like a block pie that grew out of a simple target shooting competition. In 1971, local headmaster, Mr. Tyson, held, a, held the first pea shooting competition as a way to fundraise to, for the upkeep of the village hall. <laughs> the entrance fee is only one pound for adults and 50 pence for a child. But be warned, the competitors, turn page, uh, <laughs> take the extreme sports seriously, and you'll need high-tech gear, like a laser-guided pea shooter, laser-guided, to stand a chance on the field. These uh, seasoned pea shooting veterans, oh wow, oh to, to field, oh to field off these, uh, whatever they are, laser-guided pea shooter. Yeah. You ever do like elastic fights? Should rubber bands at each other? Yeah. Sure. You should put them on a ruler. Nothing particularly. On a ruler. Oh, yeah. 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 But nothing particularly when sophisticated or organized. Oh, when I worked at McAllister Scientific, we had an ongoing war. <laughs> I got into like, I had these uh, inventions. I made giant yardsticks or meter sticks. Um, that because we're all going to uh, metric by uh, 1999, <laughs> 1900. I thought you were giving me news. <laughs> I didn't hear anything we're about going this. metric by 1900. Was it 19? What the heck was it? It was way back then. I don't have no, I have no, I don't want to go metric. Yeah, I would never caught on. Who cares? Anyway, uh, yeah, I used to have like a, a, a meter stick and, and have multiple things on it. So, and I built a trigger on it so I could just like. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Shoot them off and hit these other guys that were just doing their jobs. Okay, here's the shoot pea shooting equipment. Damn. Oh, uh, that one's laser guarded. What do you think the two little balls are there? The peas? <laughs> I mean, are they decorative or they form a. I don't know. Like he's got a chin rest. It's like a. <laughs> Is he blowing that out of there? Yeah, that's pea shooting. Yeah. Oh, I thought it had like a crossbow or something. No, no, no. You, you actually got to blow it out? Yeah, you got to blow it out. Wow. Which is why I question whether laser guided is really all that important. All that important? Yeah. Well, it gives you the target, right? This is Rob Bresler. See the champ? Retained the title for the third year running. I don't know what I guess so. Well, this is 2014, so he's probably retired now. Yeah, must be a blowhard. <laughs> There's a child doing the traditional way. There you go. The podium, apparently. Hmm. P rules. P rules. There you go. Uh, competitors' blowpipe must be at least 30 centimeters, again, but they add 12 inches. Only peas provided by the official organizers may be used. <laughs> <laughs> so no special peas. No special peas. Competitors must stand 3.5 meters or 12 feet away from the putty target. Laser sights may be used to aid accuracy. Anyone can enter, but only the top 16 scorers go through to the final. There you go. Yep. How does it get any better? All right. So, yes, there are people involved in these festivals. That guy who's won three straight years yep. probably spends a considerable amount of time honing, honing his, his craft, yes. honing his pea shooting skills. Mm. That He doesn't want to be with his wife. That's what's going on. Hannah, I'm going out and pea shooting. I wonder, if, I wonder if, like, every time she bends over and I was just going. Stop that! If I'd known you were a pea shooting champion, I'd have never married you. Exactly. 
God. That is funny. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Gilroy Gallic Festival. All right. Um, from Gilroy, California. Gilroy is the unofficial Gallic capital of the world. It probably shows off. Uh, the, wait a minute. And probably shows it off in the festival that attracts more than 100,000 visitors. Wow. Wait a minute. Who consumed an estimated two and a half tons of garlic. Hun, we're going to the garlic festival. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> the wow. official Gilroy Garlic Festival website claims to have used 72 tons of garlic in the 29 years of the festival. <laughs> Cooking demonstrations, lectures, Discuss another guy doesn't want to spend time with his wife <laughs> yeah, figuring totally. out that figuring that out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're both in it. Uh, Hon, I get this math I gotta do. <laughs> lectures, uh discussions, uh uh lectures discuss traditional uses and health benefits, but the innovative can always express their love for the pungent food in the great garlic cook-off. Yeah. Now <laughs> which has had wait a minute, let me finish. Okay. Which has had uh entries like garlic ice cream. Garlic soft drinks, and last year's winner, walnut garlic tot with garlic infused cream and chili syrup. Sponsored by Tic Tac. Garlic ice cream. Yeah, I'd want to try it. I would not. You would not want to try it. No. Listen, I love garlic as much as the next I guy. I don't like garlic. I love garlic more than most. I'm Italian. There you go. But, <laughs> but. I don't know if I'd go to a garlic festival. Although garlic ice cream sounds interesting. It's like you wouldn't have a problem finding a place. Wouldn't have trouble finding a place. <laughs> just follow the 72 tons of garlic. <laughs> no, just stick your nose out the car window. We were going in the right direction. <laughs> so so you go to the garlic festival, right? Yeah. You're trying all these recipes. Some are a little spicy or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. You need a drink. You go get a garlic soda. Ah, there you go. Nothing is as refreshing as a garlic soda oh, after you've had your garlic ice cream. <laughs> garlic ice cream. What's the weirdest ice cream you've ever had? None. Nothing's weird in ice cream. Uh, yeah. Well, no, there are some weird ice creams. Mm -hmm. I've had a muffin that had uh, maple frosting with bacon on it. I put beer in my ice cream. Beer in your ice cream. Do you? I did. It's a joke, and I liked it. Put a beer and mixed yeah. it up. It was good. It made, it made it like soft syrup, but it was excellent. Now Bailey's an ice cream. I can get involved. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, beer. No. We are running out of time, yeah. so I want to finish up the last one. This is where for your home country. Okay. Uh, America. Ivera. No. Freaking wop. <laughs> Ivera, Italy. Okay. I v r e a. How do you say that? I V R E A. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Never heard of it. Mid to late February, which is, you know, he's still time. It's still time to get over there. The Ivera Orange Festival. That doesn't sound bad. Originated in the 12th century during uh, parades and silly, silly uh, city celebrations, girls would throw oranges from their balconies to gain the attention of, of a boy they like. <laughs> okay. Just bonk them off the head with an orange. The boys began reciprocating. Bonking their girls off the head with an orange. <laughs> yeah. There's no mention uh, where this, uh, uh, anywhere, if the Cigarette Society admiration was returned. But the oranges certainly were. This evolved into a messy rivalry between balcony girls and street boys. Yeah, I was going to say. When you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until World War II. Uh, that the intricate citrus battle rules were finally laid out. Uh, it's free to anyone to participate by joining one of the nine teams on foot or becoming a member of the carriage crew. Okay. So you knew this would degenerate into all out war, right? Yeah. Now, so they grow oranges and do they wear like little jackets with them? This seems stupid Balcony and obvious. Girls. I mean, this seems stupid and obvious because I'm guessing they grow oranges a lot of different places, but yeah. I just didn't think of oranges in Italy. Uh, well, Spain grows a lot, right? So that's similar. I don't know. Similar. I, I mean, know. if they were chucking lemons at each other, I could see that. Uh, I don't know. Spain's weird anyways. <laughs> that's the one where they have the little elf taking a crap in the, in the creche. What? Yeah, we discussed that before. The little elf? I think it's Kelowna or something. They have like a, a little gnome that's um, 
is bent over taking the crap that they put by the nativity scene in the oh, nativity scene that doesn't seem right and, and the log of of uh gifts whatever <laughs> it's another, another show check that out on your own yeah it's got to go back in the library yeah go back to the library to check that one out yeah anyways we gotta go uh so at least we've cleared up some things for you on fat tuesday and mardi gras uh you've learned about a bunch of new festivals that i'm sure you're gonna work your vacation plans around yeah, i'm gonna buy a can of spam on the way home yeah and what, what was that uh testicle festival yeah i had a ball to test i had a ball at the testicle, testicle festival, festival. <laughs> brilliant okay absolutely brilliant yeah some of these i love america yeah anyway this is all over the world so it's just not us anyways thanks for listening everyone uh be safe and uh good night and god bless From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.